You have tuned into T-Buddies. This is your host, Salah Hadid. In our fifth episode of Friendship Stories series, Justin joins me to tell us what makes a true friend for him, how matters of reciprocity has made him choose his friends more carefully, and what made some of his friendships last and some die. Brace yourself for that and many more while enjoying your scrumptious evening tea. And thank you once again for listening to T-Buddies. So let's start with the question, uh, what was your earliest experience of friendship that you can remember? Mm, well, I grew up in the States for the first seven years of my life. So I think that the first memories would be uh, when I was like three or four with, uh, with childhood friends. So... I mean, we didn't really have any games back then. Most of our games are make-believe. So all of the stuff I do with friends were just like making up games, like pretending to be Pokemon, running around the, the living room, stuff like that. So I still, I still like keep in touch with them here and there, uh, even, even right now. But that would be like the earliest, earliest memory. If you were to define it, like on, on, on what grounds uh, were those early friendships? Uh, based like how would you define those friendships how would you describe them mm, well they were when we were really really young and I think it's just because our parents knew each other so mm. that's how like, we kind of like met so it wasn't based on much back then it was just that we were uh, the few Asians who were in California mm. so <laughs> <laughs> okay interesting and, and yeah. how would you say it developed and, and when the topic of friendship or like having friends became a thing for you? I think that was maybe when I was in primary one, back when I was in Penang already. So when, when I came back, it was, it was pretty tough for me to like uh, have, not have that. It was tough for me to develop friendships because I, I spoke uh, in a very, very heavy American accent. <laughs> So most of the kids couldn't understand my English and I didn't understand any other language but English. So like Chinese, uh, Malay, like Hokkien, I don't understand any of those dialects or languages. So nobody was really talking to me for the first few months. So when fi- someone finally did come and talk to me, then I was, uh, I was pretty grateful for that. And then from there, I just started uh, slowly making friends of his friends and her friends. So that it was, I think that was when I decided to like, okay, like this is, this is a friend. Mm-hmm. Then how, how old were you? Like eight, eight, nine? Seven. Seven, seven oh, okay. Eight, yeah. okay, okay. And these were like, basically like school friends or like what, what kind yeah, of setting was all, that? Yeah, all in the mm-hmm. same class. Mm-hmm. All in the same class. Mm-hmm. So, uh, it seems like as we, as we mature, the way we make friends, you know, the role that they play in our lives are kind of like, kind of like change and, and many people believe that it's true adversaries uh, you know and like hard times that we we get to really define who our true friends are uh, mm. how would you define a quote-unquote true friend uh, I literally just posted uh, something on Instagram yesterday about mm-hmm. that and like um, I firmly believe that it's like uh I firmly believe that a good friend is somebody who is there when, uh, quoting myself, is that when shit hits the fan. Mm-hmm. So that when things go wrong, they are going to be the ones that you know are going to show up. And um, that to me is what a, a real friend is. Uh, somebody who's there to support you through uh, times that are really, really difficult, times that are really, really tough. And... Um, also friends who are just going to be there to lighten your mood, to, you know, take stress off. Mm. Because for me, like, um, when I, I'm a lot older now. So, like, the way that I view friendships and the way that I view um, re- relationships with people have changed rather drastically. So, I don't really have a lot of energy to entertain as many people as I used to be able to do when I was younger. So... Nowadays, it's just that like when I need somebody to be there, then those are the people that I will go to. Those are the ones that I consider like a good friends. So to answer your question, it is uh, somebody who's going to be there through 
tough times, somebody who's able to alleviate your stress, alleviate your suffering, uh, so to speak, mm-hmm. to, to put it in a slightly more dramatic term. Yeah. And I mean, uh, it, it seems like, uh, well, just based on your sharing, as you say, uh, perhaps you don't have as much time as you did before to entertain as many people as you did. But is it only time that you don't have or what are other factors that made you realize that you have to keep a closer circle of friends, you know, instead of, you know, having a broader one, uh, you know, or like being more careful about who you choose as your friend? Um, It's not so much of not having enough time. It's more of like emotional resources. Like Mm. for me, as I got older, I mean, when I was younger, I was like lioning everybody. Like lion is like um, mm. kind of like serving for lack of better terms, like <laughs> serving or like accommodating. Yeah, accommodating. Sorry, yeah. I was trying my best to accommodate everybody. And, uh, you know, we always hear the term yes man. So that was me. I had mm. very tough time saying no to people. Mm. If I was very, I don't think I ever said no to anybody back then. It was really, really hard, hard on me. So trying to like please everybody became very very tiring and so as i once i got older i told myself okay this is not a very sustainable way for me to go about number one making friendships and number two maintaining friendships so i had to just kind of like self-reflect and from there i was like okay who are the people in my life that i really really need and like i cannot bear to lose these people and so i counted them off and not that many and so I was like, okay, then most of my time, most of my resources, uh, my emotions, they will be catered just for these people. Mm-hmm. And the thing about those kind of friends is that I don't need to see them every day. Most mm. of them, I see them once every few months, actually. Mm. And, uh, but the relationship is still very, very strong. It's still mm. very, very present. So it wasn't a lack of time per se, but it was much more a lack of energy. I wasn't I didn't feel up to trying to maintain that many people anymore. So I just slowly cut them, cut them off. Mm. So was it, was it expectations that, that they had on you or like, was it just you that, that just like, I mean, like you overdid yourself, you think, or. or... Oh, definitely that it was, it was mainly overdoing it myself. Mm. So just trying to, trying to please everybody and trying Mm. to, trying to please everybody, trying to be there for everybody and trying to help everybody. Mm. So those three things are the things that really, really affected me because I was mm. like, I, I have a very big heart. So I do want to give mm. to other people and I do want to like play a part in their life, help them uh, in you know whatever part in their life that I can help out with. But I realized that that's not for me to do. I'm not able to help that many people at scale in that way. So that's when I decided, okay, I need to kind of like pull it back. And it was definitely more of my doing, my own doing more than mm-hmm. other people's doing. But um, I'm reading a book called, uh, I think I have it right here. Yeah. Jordan Peterson's book, oh. The 12 Rules. Oh, Such love a book. my heart. Gosh. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And he taught, like, it's such a, he's so intelligent. Like, he's one of um, the few. <gasps> Yeah, he's one of the big role models I have in my life. And um, one of the parts of the book, he was talking about, I think, tyrants. So he was talking Mm. about tyranny. He was talking about bullying. And he said, I think sociopathy, a little bit of that as well. But he was Mm. saying that like, we, like yes men like me, people who give like without question are the ones who create tyrants. Mm. We create monsters like that because a tyrant and a psychopath will take as much as you allow them to take because mm. they don't have any boundaries. True. So when I, when I read that, I was like, I'm happy that I read that after I decided to change, but it kind of like cemented the reason mm. as to why I changed. It's like, if I don't draw lines for myself, the lines will be drawn for me and it, mm. I may not be comfortable with them. So uh, after I kind of like self-reflected on that, I started drawing my own lines and I'm, I'm just very happy that there's somebody, there's an intellect who, you know, portrayed it in such a, such a very mm. good way, like for me to True. understand. Like. 
He's, he's truly a genius in, in so many he aspects. I, I wish you could have a session just to talk about Jordan Peterson, you know, because oh I believe he, he two hours, a series, like. yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I really wish we could do that. I mean, like, thanks for bringing him up. Like, he's one of my, I mean, I really do look up to him as well in, in mm. so many ways, the way he defines, uh, you, you know, concepts that we, that, that we don't really take seriously or, or like we yeah. just pass by, you know, but like he scrutinized everything to, to bits. And I really admire the way that the way he fights for what he thinks is right mm. in, in, in expense of, you know, whatever that would be, you know? So, yeah. okay. Uh, what you said about being, being a yes man, uh, we know that mutuality and, uh, you know, compensation is a great part of any social relationship so it's a give and take usually so i'm, mm -hmm. I'm curious to, to 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 know whether okay you were a yes man you were you were the one who would give well i assume you know but how much how much you took or like how much how much came in return to the service so-called you know that you were providing other people with uh, little to nothing. I mean, that's why mm. uh, it, it became so tiring because when you give, I mean, like true giving is usually like people always say like give without expectation. And that's what I was doing. I was giving without expectation, but there should be a personal limit, mm. uh, which is why I feel that like people can burn out from work, but they can also burn out from being true. kind uh, because there, everybody has a limit. Like there, there is a finite tank of how much you can give to other true. people. And whilst we give without expecting anything in return, that's true, but we can't run on empty for very, very long. So mm. you're going to have to need to be receiving things from other people as well. So it's kind of mm. like just an endless flow of the world that like you give to other people, some people you, you receive from, but when you're receiving so much less than you're outputting, then, you know, eventually it's, it's going to take a toll on you. Uh. Mm -hmm. And, well, well yeah, I, I, I sometimes struggle with that. I mean, like, not struggle, but I find it curious when people, when people ask me because I have tons of friends, uh, you know, and it's kind of unlikely of me to have so many uh, Malaysian friends because I'm a foreigner, you know. And when I see that I have more Chinese friends than the Chinese themselves, uh, it's it's kind of like sometimes sometimes like, like people get curious and even even my own close friends uh that that i'm really like like we have a really great relationship they'll be like what's in it for you and mm. and i'm like you know i have difficulty understanding that question like what's in it for you because because for someone, I'm sharing my own experience, you know, for somebody who was the shyest person in the family um, and for the first 16 years of my life, you know, I, I only got to be a sociable person when I left Iran and I was 15. Uh, so, and, and so, so, so the idea of having a friend, not even a best one, you know, was something that, that I would give anything to, to, to you know, to accomplish. And nowadays, merely being called somebody's friend especially somebody that you care about somebody that you admire somebody that you know that you respect i don't know many a time is enough a reward for me to say that okay staying in this friendship is worth it mm. uh, so why because because i define i define it this way i'm like i wouldn't have been kind if there was no one to elicit that kindness out of me, you know, so, so yeah. I do something for someone and they, they'll come right back at me and say, Oh, that's very kind of you, man. You're very kind. I'm like, no, 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 no. That, that kindness is, isn't mine. Okay. It's yours. And you are here to bring out that kind, to bring that kindness out of me. So I, I can't really take the credit that, mm -hmm. I was the kind one if, if you weren't there. So it's, it's all you. So that's, that's how I see it. Even though like I, I do really relate to your experience. What I do is, you know, like I have certain friends whom I get enough uh, emotional support, you know, um, from to be able 
to to compensate for my other to, to the lack of receiving enough support from other friendships you know so they provide enough for me to to get along with the friendships that are not as mutual as those because well i've come to believe that to realize that you know there are people that you need them and there are people that need you and there happens to be a group of people that there's a there's a mutual exchange you know you need them and they yeah. need you but it's not always like that so I just capitalize on those friendships that that can you know uh, bring me enough support and enough affirmation just to be ready to to help those that I can't get what I need from you know and I'll be the server uh, in those kind of friendship. You will yeah that that's 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 my take on it. Uh, mm-hmm. but, but yeah to to. to to a great extent, what you're saying resonates with with a lot of people. I would say because as long as we we feel safe in a friendship and there is a good understanding of like, okay, I'm I'm giving this much, but if I'm not growing, that's the word I would say. It's not it's not about how much you take personally, but if 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 you have if you have friends that you're not growing along with, then mm-hmm. only then I would call that friendship not worth it. You know, I'm not growing in that friendship. You're not growing in that friendship. I'm wasting my time. You're wasting your time. So why bother continue? You know, so so that would be when I draw the line. It's not necessarily when I say, okay, uh, you know, I'm 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 the giver here, and I'm not receiving as much as I'm giving. Well, because I don't know. Maybe I'm still in that savior kind of role. You know, I'm still a yes man, as as you were describing. I don't know. I'm just perhaps waiting for life to to slap me in the face and say enough, <laughs> you know, and move on. But 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 yeah, that's that's what it is for for now. Yeah, mm, I I do like what you said that they bring out the kindness in you. Like a good friend will bring out kindness in you. I I never thought of it that way. So that's definitely a new perspective for me, and I feel that like when you said that somebody is thanking you for your kindness and you're like, no, it's actually in part you as well, that mm-hmm. you were bringing that a good positive side out of me because there are people who can definitely bring out a negative side of you. So if that's true, then the opposite also has to be true that yes. somebody can bring out positive in you. So that's, that's definitely a very, very fresh uh, perspective. Mm-hmm. Uh, and like to your point, to your last point is definitely that like, I have been slapped in the face uh, many times already. So that I'm much less romantic about friendships mm. and like cutting, cutting people off. It's like if, if like you're not gonna leave me at like neutral, like you're gonna take away from me, then it's like, then then there's really no point. Like if you're gonna leave me neutral, then at least maybe we can make a case for like continuing this on. But if like, uh, if you're if you're not even gonna leave me at neutral, then I don't see the point no more. Like. <laughs> That's that's all valid, you know. Like I'm, 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 you know, I'm, I'm for all type of friendships. You know? So as long as there's something, something, something to learn from, I don't really mm-hmm. have a preference of, you know, on, on how should a friendship mm-hmm. go. Okay, uh, interesting. So, okay then, let's let's go to the next question. Uh, uh, like another question that I usually ask. Um, people that I, that I talk to about friendship is whether you believe in having a best friend or, sorry, sorry, the best friend or a few best friends. So what's, what is the way that you go about this? Um, like, I'm, I'm definitely not for those people that have like 10 best friends. Like, I just mm. don't understand it. Like, but that's probably okay. I'll explain it to you because I'm one of them. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was, I was gonna proceed that. Like, I was proceeding that by saying that's my own skepticism. It's like I don't understand how people can have that many best friends because, like, I choose to give maybe one or two. Like, yeah, maybe one, one or two or three, something like that. Like, even that's like three is pushing it for me already Ooh. because, like I said, I I come from a from the background of where I had many, many friends and then I slowly mm. filtered them down. So now that I filtered them down, I'm like, okay, I'm quite comfortable having very, very few best mm. friends. Uh, friends even actually at all. So um, 
I definitely am for the case of like having fewer because it's just a, a little bit more. It's, it's a little bit easier to handle for me. Mm. And, and what what makes them best friends? Uh, well, number one is that um, I like people that I can talk to with no judgment. So mm. they can tell me whatever they want. I can tell them whatever we want. But we come number one with a mutual respect for each other and each other's opinions. So I can trust where they're coming from and they can trust where I'm coming from. Number two, like they're okay to like, tell me what they really think about it. Uh, uh, and this is only possible because of the fact that we can tell each other everything and that mm. we already respect each other. So then they can also like give me their uh, honest feedback about whatever I'm asking them or whatever I'm telling them. Mm-hmm. And even if they disagree with me or if I disagree with them, it doesn't, there's no like hard feelings or anything because mm-hmm. we already understand where we're coming from. So mm-hmm. that's, there's definitely that. Yeah. Mainly those two. Uh, I appreciate those two things in, in, a, mm-hmm. in a good friendship. Okay. So authenticity would be like a great part of it as I, as I hear. Yeah, know, that's a good way to summarize. Okay. So oh, the reason I ask this question is it's of personal interest to me to find out because I come from a background that I believe that we can only have like one best friend you know because mm-hmm. well the best friend you know he's my best friend she's my best friend that, that, that's it you know and, and you go around <laughs> telling people people know you, you you know know you two together you know, they're they besties you know they're mates whatever and well i entertained that that ideology for i don't know like three four five years Mm-hmm. And it got to the point that we were about to just bring this whole friendship down. Why, again, it goes back to the expectation topic. Because, because when, when I see them as, see one person as my best friend, then he become the very source of all my needs in a friendship. Mm. Regardless mm. of the individual differences that we have, regardless of, uh, you know, the background that we come from where some things you know are like understandable to me and some things not understandable to them you know they're not used to mm-hmm. it but but in my in my thoughts you know he should have been able to accommodate all those mm-hmm. things and, and you know all those because he's your best friend because he's my best friend yeah yeah and it, and it got too tiring you know it got too tiring for me mm-hmm. because because i thought that he was failing at you know mm-hmm. meeting those uh, those requirements, those checkbox mm-hmm. of, of a best friend because I came in it with with an ideology of what a best friendship is. And for somebody who hadn't had a best friend, uh, you know, in in his life for the first sixteen years, so I was like, okay, I see these people all together, you know, having best friends, mm-hmm. and well, I see this is the way it goes. So I came in with a, I, I like to describe it as as a frame, you know? So I carried a frame of best friendship and I put my friend into that frame without, without you know, giving him time to, giving myself time to, to define him as a person. He was defined within that frame, you know? And then, and, and then it just so happened that the frame broke because because i because <laughs> he didn't fit in that frame you, yeah, you know? so so and with the frame broke my heart as well because you know <laughs> I, I thought i thought that's how how people do friendship you know best friendship and all and i just realized that okay then if not one best friend can do it a few should be able to accommodate because i have different needs i have different interests that I want humored, you know, and if not a single soul, I mean, like, not only one person can do, perhaps if I expanded my circle of friends, Mm. then only I'll be able to meet those needs as well. And the thing with me is, I am kind of like, like, I don't have friends in in the middle. You're either my acquaintance Mm. or a very good friend of mine, you know? So, so, I can't really get close to you. Uh, I mean, like we can work really well on so many projects, you know, on so many programs and all. We can be buddies, you know, uh, mm. you know, accompanying each other for certain things. But you can't be my friend, 
you know, <laughs> uh, unless I can really get into that uh-huh. part of your life that you wouldn't even dare visit alone mm-hmm. many a time. So you take somebody with you in those deep side of, of, of yourself, you know, when you, when you want to visit, I mean, like a place that, that kind of like uh, accommodates your shadows, I would say, mm-hmm. uh, you know, so, so unless I get that close to someone, uh, only then they'll be called my, those are the only friends that I get something from. So in order mm-hmm. for them to be, to be uh, really like to my ideal, first of all, they have to be best friends. Otherwise I can't get enough, you know, yeah. out of those friendships. And I have different needs, just like I said. So I try to satisfy those needs. I try to like, kind of like, spread or like delegate these expectations among friends instead of concentrating my my expectations on one single person uh i i thought that i was treating you know my friend as a god which is like a very ungodly thing to do you know mm-hmm. when it comes to mm-hmm. uh to attributing like uh, godly qualities to a human being who's so limited so mm. he was getting hurt, I was getting hurt. So I was like, okay, then, then let me find other friends, you know? And, and, I, and I realized, and it's been only two years, Justin. Uh, I, well, we both studied at, at help. So the reason why I'm so attached to this place is because I had my best friendships in life, you know, at help. Mm. And it's the first time that I get to experience uh, a one-on-one um, kind of like physical best friendship because the best friend I mentioned earlier, uh, we have met only three times in person and it's been all, uh, we've been friends for nine years and we've been best friends for nine mm-hmm. years, but it's been all online. And that's another story. You know, if you had time, we get back to it. But, but I was able to experience this one-on-one physical, uh, you know, uh, kind of friendship with people. And I realized that they can actually be my best friends. You know, it's not that only one can serve you as that, but multiple people can. And I'm a very expressive person. I'm not a very private person. I don't withhold information about myself much, <laughs> you know? So, because I, I believe in exchange of stories and in order for you to tell my story, I need to tell you my story first, you know? So I yeah. go around and tell people who I am, you know, express myself. So that's, that's, that's the reason why I trans formed from a person who believed that we gotta only have like one most you know two best friends but right now i perhaps have like just you said 10 best friends uh and it doesn't make sense to me anymore to have only one best friend for myself you know i i see Uh why people do it because a lot of people i've seen gotten hurt a lot in friendships so that's Uh that's very much understandable but it wasn't the case for me so that's how it goes Mm. hope it gives you an idea now like uh why, why people do that <laughs> and, and yeah kind of like having like <laughs> instead of like all your needs trying to be met by like one person it's now like different needs are met by like different yeah. people so each of them aren't really feeling the full weight of the stress of like mm-hmm. being there for that person all the time mm-hmm. it's like for this particular uh reason then he's there or she is there and yeah okay i can kind of see that kind of like dividing it into like pieces yeah. of a pie like yeah and the thing is justin the thing is like like all those needs are equally important you know and uh, and when you get them satisfied by different people you have to acknowledge that the fact that they satisfied that need you know like should make them as equally important as your other friends you know you can't you can't have a very crucial need of yours be met by someone uh, without that person becoming an important, you know, part of your life. So if you have several important needs and they are being met by so important several people, then those those several people become eventually important people in your life. Yeah. You know? So so that's how I say it. I can't say the need for emotional support is greater than the need for uh, having somebody with common interests. So just because uh, he is their person A is there to to provide me the emotional support I need, the other person whom I have common interest with, you, you know, is less of an importance, uh, you know, among mm-hmm. uh, among my f- friends. So I I try and I strive to to 
treat them equally. And the funny thing about my friends is like, nobody can tell whom I love more because I myself don't know, <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah. I might have an idea about two, three people, <laughs> but, but, but usually it's it's very hard, you know, because when you say you love somebody, oh, well, that's another topic as well. You, uh-huh. you know, it, it means to provide the same caring and support and as, as you know like not ranking them yeah it's just really difficult yeah. really really difficult yeah. to, to rank even though i i might feel more comfortable around uh slightly more comfortable but it makes a huge yeah. difference you know uh, a few <laughs> of them but uh but yeah it's very hard to make it like a hierarchy and say okay he's mm. at the you know yeah. top of this hierarchy and the rest would come below so yeah that's that's how it goes with different needs comes different friends and all of them becomes mm-hmm. become eventually important mm-hmm. yeah any thoughts on this or shall we move on yeah i think i think you i think we can move on you <laughs> okay. basically summarized that pretty well <laughs> okay so another thing um you early in our conversation you brought of uh, language. I don't want to continue it in a way that you brought it up, but um, it's still under the the language and the way we express ourselves in, in friendship. Mm-hmm. Uh, one thing that early on in my friendship intimidates people is the way that I express my feeling for a friend, you know. Mm-hmm. Especially among guys, it's not really a norm to say love you, you know, or like, you know, to constantly remind them that, that I don't know, that, that you care, that they're really important, the role they play in your life. Because I really remind them every single week, if not every single day, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, and there's always, I feel that, that cringe, you know, uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> in, in many of my friends' faces when I talk about these things, when I express myself what is your experience of expressing your feelings or thoughts for your friends and how do they react to it? Oh, well, most of my guy friends thought I was gay. Like, <laughs> and most, of my, most of their mothers thought I was gay too. Like, <laughs> like yeah, because like, I come from a family where like, not only are we very emotive and like, expressive, but most of my family are girls. So mm. I have to... What's that called? I have two sisters and then like I've I always stay like my my mom's extended family will stay with us. So my grandparents stay with us. And most of the cousins on my mom's side are are girls. In fact, my dad's side and my mom's side mostly all girls. At least 60 to 70% are girls. Mm. So there's very, very few guy cousins I have. So I got very comfortable growing up and speaking to like women, understanding how to speak to them and like in, in what mm. manner they prefer you know what type of jokes they'll be okay with it with and what kind of girls like those jokes are maybe a bit too far but with guys it was just that like there shouldn't be anything i say that you're gonna be uncomfortable with you get what i'm saying like hey, you're a guy <laughs> so like with guys i would be like like i i will send so many when when whatsapp was invented and there was emojis to send right oh lord i was just like this is this is built for people like me, like, and I would send so many emojis all the time. It was just that that's really how I was feeling, and I just felt like very very emotive all the time, and so I would send hearts to like so many of my guy. In fact, all my guy friends, I would send them hearts and shit, like, which is why they would be like, they think I'm gay. Then the, the their mothers will assume that I'm gay as well because like we got guys send heart and all this and like, and. Um, after a while, I mean, like, I still kind of, like, be me most of the time. I still, like, stay true to, like, if that's how I feel, that's what I want to say, mm. then I'll go ahead and do it. But um, there will be certain guy friends that I understand is that I can be a little bit more emotion. I can be more emotive with them. I can, mm. like, talk about, like, maybe, like, deeper feelings and uh, insecurities about that with certain guys. But with other guys, maybe they're less comfortable talking about that. Then I just don't talk about that level of like emotion with them but like if i feel like joking about it or like sending like emojis or just being very expressive i i still allow myself to do that Mm -hmm. interesting uh thank you for bringing that up because it's something that uh, i I really relate to uh well kind of similar story on my end as well it's it's not that like we have 
well, it's two brothers uh, within within the household that we live. Mm-hmm. So it was me, my brother, and 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 Leo's sister. So not not many girls around within the family. But but the thing is, uh, I'm the second one in the family, and uh, mm-hmm. well, some 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 theories. I'm not trying to generalize <laughs> this idea, but, but 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 some do suggest that the second ones take after the moms. You know, so. Uh-huh. So my brother would be the one who would go out with my dad, you know, you know, visit his friends, you know, my dad is a public speaker. So, so he would go with my dad, you know, attending all those, whatever not. And, and I was with my mom and visiting her friends, you know, <laughs> and it so happens that none of her friends had boys, you know, it was all girls. <laughs> So whenever I like, like I was out with my mom, it was definitely gonna be girls, uh, and it's gonna be a lot of ladies, uh, you mm. know. So just like a similar setting that you had, you know, I was, and, and of course, definitely women are way more expressive than than men are, mm. you know. And growing up in that kind of atmosphere, you think that it's, I don't want to say the right thing to do, but it's the beautiful thing to do, you know, uh-huh. to, to be able to express yourself and uh, and yeah. to be to be sensitive and to be vulnerable, uh, and yeah, I just I just happened to be just like you, you know, growing up that way, very very. I mean, like I wasn't expressive uh, externally, but I had the potential for it because I, just like I said, I was very shy uh, early on, but but yeah, and and. It's it's difficult to manage, you know, between when you're a guy and you see that you're you're too like you're an outlier in a sample, man. You know, uh, <laughs> you know, if, yeah. if they were to run a study, you'd be like that outlier in the sample. Oh yeah, we yeah. are the opposite end of the bell curve. Right? <laughs> True. So it, it was very challenging. It's still very challenging, uh, you know, to to let guys know that it's just fine, you know, and and like even. To, to take a step further, when you say your, I mean, your friends thought that you were gay. Well, at least in Malaysia, I don't know what you did, but, but like in, in Malaysia, in, in Southeast Asia, people, men don't kiss. You, you mm-hmm. know, back in Iran, people do, you know, like, it's, it's, <laughs> I mean, not on the lips, of course, but, yeah, but, but you know, like, yeah, on the cheek, you know, like greeting each other, you know, it's, it's just a normal thing to do, just like many mm-hmm. other Middle Eastern countries. Uh, and when I tell people that, they're like, like, okay, that's where we draw the line. <laughs> you know, like, okay, don't worry, I'm not gonna kiss you. <laughs> you know, but, but yeah, that's how we did. So, so the cultural differences always sometimes, you know, get in in, in the way as well. And and I grew mm-hmm. up with with poems and poetry and like when it comes to Persian literature, we have the the thing about Persian language. You know, getting back to language again, it's that. Mm-hmm. Our, our third pronoun, like we don't have a he and she, it's neutral, you know, it's mm-hmm. just like uh, it, you, you know, so we use it for, for, mm-hmm. for guys and girls, the same thing. So when you read a romantic poem, uh, you don't get to tell whether it was written for a boy or for a girl, mm-hmm. you know, you could use the same thing and people do use the same thing, you know, because that's how it is. For both, uh, yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. because, because you, you know, the, the way language requires us or like makes us express ourselves and there's there's no segregation of whether the person that you're, you're addressing is a woman or a man, uh, you know, mm-hmm. still you're gonna use the same, same pronoun. Mm-hmm. And, and like there are tons of poems on friendship. Even love become a sort of friendship in Persian literature, you know. So kind of like, oh. kind of like friendship takes over love in, in uh-huh. so much of the poetry works. So that was my idea, you know. It's still my idea, and I came with that ideology into like uh, the the conservatively uh, emotionally conservative society of of Malaysia, and <laughs> and, mm-hmm. and I, yeah, I, I personally had a, had a had a hard time, you know, like adjusting. But I, I feel as though there's a need for us to normalize that because, mm-hmm. because I, I don't know, like you may want to share experience as well, but but I feel as though even even guys try to like be be resistant, you know, towards receiving those kind of expressive, you know, comments. They all need it. You, you know, mm-hmm. deep down when that friendship gets gets deep and gets close. And you reflect back on what made you all grow. Uh, you know, a major part of it in my friendship has been the fact that I've been 
quite able to express myself the way I feel about things and the way I feel about that person, you know. And it makes you a special one, you know, among their friends because none of other their other friends of theirs going to be as expressive as you are. So it's it's point for originality as well. Uh, but yeah, definitely there is a need, uh, you know, for men to to for their ears to get used to hearing uh, lovely things from other guys instead of just hearing it from a romantic partner. So what, what do you think about like like having this normalized or like do you even do, do you in your personal friendship with, with other people do you try to make it normalized or do you see that just because you express yourself your friends kind of like tend to mirror that kind of behavior as well? No, definitely not. I mean, most of the guys I grew up with, I <laughs> we're always taught to be like man's man. Mm. So um, I am just personally a little bit more emotive and like I express myself a lot a lot more but like I said I don't do it to everybody I know some people who just mm. like they're they're not wired to receive stuff like that but I don't think that we particularly need to be like like uh, I love you bro or like mm. you know I mean like I, I guess that for us we're wired to just express that love and affection in a very different way especially to another guy so mm-hmm. um yeah i wouldn't say that i i would say as long as you're comfortable doing it then like that should be i don't think there should be a particular way of uh of expression so yeah i i think that as long as you're comfortable and it's it's just being you're able to express in a healthy manner then then to me that that's that's fine mm-hmm. i i'm always for like the I'm a very individualistic, like I take that perspective, like as long as it doesn't bring you harm, it doesn't bring somebody else harm, you're okay with it, you're regulating yourself well, it's still a, health, a healthy way, then like, I, I'm all for that. Like. Mm-hmm. So it's not, it's not expectation of yours to get the same uh, kind of expression back when you express yourself a certain way, you know, like when you say I love you to, to a guy, you don't expect to hear that I love you back, you know. Yeah, absolutely not, because mm-hmm. it's like that's, however i express myself it it may not be the way that they express it or Mm -hmm. how they were trained or brought up to receive it so Mm -hmm. uh i i completely acknowledge that so me expressing it in a certain way does not mean that they have to reciprocate it in the exact same way Mm -hmm. as long as i know that they are reciprocating it you know in in the way that they are comfortable with and the way that they understand Mm -hmm. then i'm totally fine with that like i said that even in a in an actual relationship like you cannot expect uh, a significant other to be expressing mm. the exact same way that we express it so i don't think you can expect the same uh, of uh, friendships either mm. so what you're hinting at from what i hear is to to find that common ground or like perhaps to learn what the other person's uh, you know expressive language is or like love language is you know they might not be expressing it in a way that you do but you perhaps should should be able or like you can grow to to understand and to learn the way in which they are trying to express those themselves and not necessarily the way that you do it yeah like if we express ourselves in words like they may not necessarily mm. express it the same way like they maybe they express it in the time that they give to us you know, always wanting to spend more time with us. Like, mm. we need to be able, especially if we're in this field, like, we need to be able to pick up on, on stuff like that so that it we can uh, kind of, like, regulate our own expectations at the mm. same time, just be a lot more empathetic and understanding of mm. other people as well. Mm. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That, that's a very democratic of... of, of uh keeping your relationship alive and, and i agree with that yeah. uh you know for me I've, I've come to realize that i mean like it was a reminder to me thank you so uh mm-hmm. you know that that many a time we you know you know i might be at certain point in my life that the other person might not be they might grow into something that be more similar to what i am but I'm not the person to force it in them, you know, because mm. many a time I did try that uh, early when I didn't have experience friending people. So mm. I was like, okay, this is the right way of, of doing a thing. And they were like, I don't think so. And I was like, mm-hmm. I do. 
and <laughs> you know <laughs> there was always been this quarrel between me and my my very close friends just because mm -hmm. i i had a very i was a very opinionated person and i and i believed right. in certain ways of doing certain things but yeah that 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 brought me brought out like a few friendships of mine to the verge of collapse and you know mm -hmm. and downfall uh so i realized that i i can't afford losing friends based on mm -hmm. unrealistic uh you know realistic uh, expectations anymore mm -hmm. so so why not we let people be who they are and see the beauty yeah. in that just the way that you they let you be the way you are and see the beauty in the way you mm -hmm. do things you know so thank you for that uh reminder again uh moving on uh earlier you you talked about perhaps that was the question that i was trying to you know to remember but uh, i didn't yeah. earlier on uh but you were talking about you know how how you filtered your friend and just in the process many of them you know just just you know you just didn't didn't decide to continue anymore so the question would be is there a good way to end a friendship? Mm, I don't think you necessarily need to like tell them, like, hey, I'm going to mm. stop being your friend. Like, <laughs> but uh, yeah. uh, I think a very kind of like easy way would just be like, just stop giving them your time. Like that, that's mm -hmm. how I usually handle that. So like um, once I kind of figured that, okay, this person is not, kind of like dedicating the same amount of energy or effort, then I eventually, I stopped giving you my time because like, mm. um, especially now, like what, like time is such a big asset mm. and I don't think I have truly appreciated how big of an asset it is, even though I have grown to appreciate it more. But it, it's, it's so many things because time can be used to earn money time can be used to work on myself time can be used to like nurture relationships with other people family even like it's it's such a big and valuable and finite asset that i cannot even bear to spend it on somebody who does not respect the the time that i'm giving them as much as that i respect uh the time that they give to me so that's how i kind of like very I filtered it really, really harshly at one point. So it's like, if this is how you're going to be treating me or you're going to treat the, the relationship that we have, with it's like, I'm not going to try anymore. And like, if they really are the person I think they are, they're not going to try and save you anyway. So mm -hmm. it's like, it's, it's very in, indicative of like uh, mm -hmm. where we stand on that. So did you face any kind of like uh, um, complexity when, when you're trying to distance yourself from a few people that you thought it's there's no point in continuing a friendship with them not the ones that didn't matter like okay. I said like if, <laughs> if, yeah like if I matter if if I don't matter that much to you I doubt mm. you'll feel my absence because you, you you're not mm. really feeling my presence anyway man so it's not important mm. enough for you to notice that I'm not there anymore so you got so, that hint actually that you didn't matter to them in a way yeah, like, like, because I, I can see how you treat other people and I can see how you mm. treat me. So if I notice, like, there's a, there's a certain level of disparity and, you know, the, yeah, we're just not at the same place. I, I don't think you're, you're ready to, to, to have a mature, proper True. friendship uh, with, with, with me. Uh. So like, if, if you're not, then I, I'm not going to waste my time because, mm -hmm. like, I have enough shit to deal with. I don't need to babysit another person. So it's like, have somebody else do that for you. <laughs> true, true. Okay, beautiful. Uh, we have a few minutes left, like, like roughly 10 minutes. Uh, let's give these a uh, few minutes left to, if, if, if you're kind enough to share one experience, you know, or like two, uh, that stands out, you know, like an event that happened within your friendships, you know, uh, with, with a particular friend, positive or negative, you know, like you decide which one you want to share, but an experience that was kind of like, like when you think of, a, of, of, of the word friendship, like it comes to your mind that that event pops into your mind. 
it was perhaps like a lesson you learned from a friend or like a favor they did for you or or, or the growth that you experience you know in with, with certain people so humor us with that one or two experiences hmm. and most of them are negative like <laughs> uh, i do have like i i have to struggle to think of positive ones but i think mm. that's just unfortunately in our nature that like, it's easier to remember negative stuff mm. but um i guess i'll give like a couple like uh now unfortunately the negative one pops up a lot faster so i'll mm. think of a positive one later but for right. now like, <laughs> uh, uh i guess there was this one uh this one girl back when i was in university i knew that she was new and she didn't have many friends and everything. So I just kind of invited her to my sports group. Uh, you know, just wanted to... I love connecting people with people. That, that honestly brings me a lot of joy because it's like... I, I was once the person from the outside looking in. So I understand what it's like to see clicks and to not have one. And, you know, that intense fear of like, who do I talk to? Like, how do I even begin to talk because it's like you have so many different groups and each group has their unique kind of like characteristic and aura around them it's so mm-hmm. difficult for me to, to like find a fit so i love to connect people with other people and you know if they find lasting friendships from there that makes me feel even better because it's like i kind of played a little little part in, in your life to just kind of like lead you on a road that you know lead, led you to more happiness so uh, when this girl came that's exactly what i did i connected her with other people and you know, I had friends telling me, oh, hey, dude, this, this chick is trouble. Like, uh, the, don't, you shouldn't have, in, like, uh, injected her into your circle of friends because it's going to cause a lot of, of issues. Then I'm like, I think that, okay, like, maybe that's, that's something that you feel, that's an opinion that you have of her, but I haven't seen anything negative thus far, so I'm not going to judge there yet. But I probably should have listened <laughs> because later on, she did cause a lot of problems with uh, mm. a lot of different people. And uh, for me, it's like she, she stayed very near uh, my house that I was staying in PJ. So oftentimes I would offer to fetch her back and everything. And when I fetch her back, uh, she would just, you know, she would share a lot about her life and a lot about her, her people problems and family problems and shit. And so initially, I thought that I was helping. But very, very soon, I noticed that, like, you're not really here for a solution. You're, you're kind of here just to, like, shit on everybody. And it started to catch my attention when I was, like, every time we drive back home, because it's quite a distance, which is why I didn't want her to be taking public transport. So if nobody else was able to drop her off on the way back, then I, w- I would make sure I did it. So I just noticed that, like, not only are you, like, shitting on a lot of people, but it's, like, it's all people that we know. It's people mm. from the group that I introduced you. And the thing is that I know them personally. Mm. <laughs> Everybody that you're trying to throw dirt on, I know them personally. So I will not take your word over theirs. And so I, I, I started out just trying to like justify it or explain it. Or like, you know, maybe you, you need to see from another perspective. But it became very, very clear to me that she was just there to spread negativity. And so after a while, I just wanted to test how, far, how negative she could be. So I sat in the car, I just talked to her and I provided solution after solution after solution after solution and she would just create a problem and then bitch about it again. Create a problem and then Mm. bitch about it again. And after about an hour of this, I was like, it's very, very clear that you don't want any help. It's very, very clear that you don't want your situation to improve. You're very, very comfortable staying exactly where you are in the exact same habits that you have. And you're, you are very happy to pull people down into the position that you are in. And as I'm not okay with that. And I haven't been okay with it for a while, but I really wanted to see if you were going to, you know, change. If you're going to like at least let somebody lend you a helping hand. But there are many hands that are being outstretched to you and you are burning all of them. So it's like, until you decide that you actually want to, to make your life a little bit more enriching, please, please stop contacting me. Please don't, don't ask me if I should back no more. Don't talk to me anymore. And it's like, this, this ends right now because you have shown me it's just that you are, you're not here for, mm. you're, not, you're not here for anything positive and, and it's extremely draining. So after that, then obviously she went around and then shit on me. Uh, but I, you know, that was, I, I was happy about that because it's like, 
the friends that came back to me is like, hey, bro, you know, you know, she's like, you know, talking shit about, about you and everything. I was like, what do you think about it? What do you feel about it? And I was like, that doesn't sound like you. And I said, like, as long as you know, it doesn't sound like me. I'm comfortable with that already because I know you, you know me. We are already friends. We have a lot of history that we have already been through. You know that I'm not this kind of person. And as long as if there are somebody naive enough to believe that, I really don't give a shit about him. But as long as the people closest to me know that I'm not capable of doing something like that, then I say I, I've done I've done pretty well for my name. Right? So it's like so that was a, a negative thing. And that was one of the one of the ways that it kind of pushed me to like, okay, there are people in this world who are just interested in pulling people down, who are just interested in spreading negativity. They have no other motive but that. And so it was a very bitter pill for me to swallow because I'm a very kind person in mm. nature. Right? That does not come naturally to me to, to intentionally drag somebody down. Mm. So uh, I, had to, I had to learn that like, in this world, there are cruel people. And it's, it's just a fact of life. It's nothing personal. They're just people whose circumstances have turned them into that already. And so there's that. So that's a negative one. And then uh, I guess a more positive one would be, I do have a very, very good friend. Uh, okay, like the positive one, I don't mind naming names. Are like <laughs> right. positive one, his name is Jason. And <laughs> it's more of like, it's not one thing that happens with him. Like, it's more of like, throughout every conversation, I can just you can really feel uh, how genuine this person is. That's number one. Like, you can just feel how genuine he is. And number two, you can really feel his care. And it's purely, it's like, I won't even go into like how far he's willing to go for you. It's just through the words that he speaks, right? You just know that like, it's backed up by a very, very genuine and golden heart. Like he's not just mm. saying this shit just to make you happy. And, mm. and he has come through like many a time. So Every time I I I, mean, I only meet him like once every three to four months. I want le- legit it's very long and I see him one time. But every time we talk, it's like six to nine hours straight, and we're we're just pouring our heart out to each other. And again, we know that there's no judgment from either side. And every time he's just always reminding me, reassuring me that like there's somebody here, there's somebody here for you in case you need him. And you know, you don't need to go through everything alone. And he he reminds me of what a positive influence I am to him and that mm-hmm. he also would like to share that positive influence into my life as well. And it's just, it's, it's little, little, no, I wouldn't say little, like, it's, it's interactions like this that make me feel so strongly about cutting other people off <laughs> because it's like, if I can have such positive such a, influences mm. in my life, why in hell am I wasting my time? Mm. Like cutting myself with, with, with people that, you know, just want to do harm to me. It's like, I don't see the point because I have golden people like this. I would rather redirect a lot of my energy and my time into maintaining people like that. In fact, nurturing, growing together with people like that, being there for people like that. And it, yeah, the, the positive really, really shines very brightly on, on the negative. And it's mm. like, I feel that's a little bit kind of like religion-y because I feel, uh, you know, there's verses that like, there cannot be good with no evil. And the True. presence of good will remind you that there is a presence of evil, mm-hmm. but the presence of evil also reminds you that there's a presence of good True. because it's like, the two must coexist. You cannot have one without the other. And so it was like, being around good friends that I was like, oh my God, I cannot believe that people like this exist. It reminded me that the opposite side there are people like this because I've been through so many bad friends with you. It's like to find a good friend, it was like I refuse to deal with this side of the spectrum mm. any longer because there's so many people who are willing to take, take from me. They're like very, very, very willing to take from me. And like I was saying that like developing tyrants, I was like, I'm developing so many tyrants because like I don't care what other people say to you, but you are going to hear the truth from my mouth because I refuse to be a part of creating a new tyrant already and that just pushed me so so hard to this end where it's like i gravitate towards people who are respectful who are loving who are caring who are genuine and perhaps they have had experiences you know that other people have burnt them and it's like i want to be there to show you just like you have shown me like you know how you said you bring out kindness it's like 
you have shown me that there are good people in this world. I would very much like to show you back that as well, that there are good people in this world and that we can coexist together. So that would be a positive one. It would definitely be like uh, my good friend, Jason. Uh, mm -hmm. I'm very happy for you to have found such solace uh, in a person like that. And what, what a blessing, good for you. Uh, well, I think that's a kind enough note to end our conversation, on, uh, <laughs> Justin. Yeah. Uh, it's been lovely talking to you. Thank you very much for your time uh, spend on this conversation. Mm -hmm. Yes. Thank and you so much for having me as well. Yeah, you take too, care. Man. Yeah. Thanks.